I was raised in uh, the prairies of Saskatchewan, and my father, a grain farmer. And so as I was growing up, I got involved with the family business. So uh, doing all the things relating to the family business on the farm and, and spending summers there and working hard uh, and uh, until actually about 19 when kind of took a different direction. Um, how, how many were raised in a family that you were part of a family business? Can I see your hand? Okay, some, some of you. What a great, uh, great experience. Actually, the story of the prodigal son is a story about a father in, in relationship with his sons in a family business. And uh, the, the challenge in the, in the prodigal was the, the older brother. I know a lot of the stories around the younger brother and his actions, that, what he took. But the, the, a lot of the story uh, is also crafted around the older brother. And the tragedy of it was... is is even though the younger brother had run the family business for a lot of years, he had abandoned the values of the family. And that comes up later in the story. Uh, he had abandoned the priorities of the father as he was trying to live it out. And then one point in his crisis and struggle, he said, well, you never did that for me. And his father said, it's all yours. Uh, you could have done it any time you wanted to do. You, you didn't have to wait for me. So... He, he didn't fully understand what it meant to be part of the family business. But I'd like to say to you that we're part of a family and our Heavenly Father, and He has a mission and um, a mission for all of us to do. In John chapter 4, we come across a story commonly called the, the woman at the well. And uh, Jesus and his, and his disciples are been pretty busy, schedule's been pretty, pretty packed, and as the disciples go into town to get some food, Jesus is weary, the Bible says, and he sits beside a well, and as he's sitting there uh, resting, a woman comes by from the area, a Samaritan woman, not a Jewish woman, but a Samaritan woman, and uh, she starts to draw some water, and Jesus starts to have a conversation with her. And over the course of the next few minutes, the conversation gets deeper, it gets wider. He has a word of knowledge about her marriages. She's been married numbers of times. Now she's living with somebody who's not her husband. Uh, he bridges that, uh, you know, that he has water that if, he, if she knew who he was, would actually satisfy her very soul. And then they get into this whole conversation about worship and what's the best way of worship. Fascinating conversation. When she leaves, she's so impacted by this conversation and Jesus about the activities that she goes back to town and says to the people there, you've got to come back with me. I met a man who told me everything about my life. And she became kind of the spokesperson to reach that whole community. And, of course, her life was so colorful, everybody thought, wow, we've got to see this guy. If he knows everything she's done, wow, that would be quite a story. Could do a movie on, uh, on her story. So the disciples returned back after getting the food, and uh, they, they saw him talking to her, and then when she left, they didn't ask. And uh, the Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 31, the disciples came to Jesus and said, well, we've got some food for you. Why don't you eat with us? And Jesus says, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. 
And the disciples asked each other, not Jesus, did someone bring him food? Like, what, 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 what are we missing here? What's going on? And Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. Then he says, and from finishing his work or doing the work of the Father. Jesus was doing the family business. I quickly, as I read that story, I realize that Jesus was nourished differently than the disciples. They got carried away with their hunger pangs. They got carried away with their busyness. They got carried away with weariness. They're about, we were doing that stuff. Now we've got to care for ourselves. And Jesus introduces something so radically different when you think about it. And he says, I got nourishment from being about what the Father is wanting to do. And he was delighted in doing it. It wasn't laborious. It wasn't onerous. It was delightful. It was enjoyable. And he says, I've also come to finish his work. Jesus finishes that passage or continues that passage and says, but now listen, listen up, he says. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. And here is one of these moments where Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, I know you're with me to understand what the kingdom of God is all about, but it's all about this kind of person who I am working and and speaking with, and I'm getting energized and excited because I'm really doing what the Father wants me to do. I was on a flight yesterday, and I, I, I was, uh, the flight was delayed, and so I was sitting down charging devices. You know how that is. You've got to manage all your energy and uh, your devices. And, and I saw a gentleman come over to do something similar, and so I, I quickly looked up at him, engaged him eye to eye, and I said, oh, man, let me give you some more room. Moved my stuff over, looked back at him, and, and uh, there was only one flight leaving. I said, the flight's going to be late. And he goes, oh, again. And, and so just a little bit of a conversation. And, uh, and so he began to take his stuff out, and um, I'm curious. And so I was just looking at what he was getting out, and I noticed... It, that he had a Christian book out. And then I noticed that uh, he had uh, some of his papers, which represented that he actually was involved in a Christian missions organization. And so as I was doing stuff, I kept kind of almost creepily, <laughs> kept looking his way, you know, to catch his attention rather than interrupt him. But he was busy. And I was trying to engage him but he was busy doing something, and I'm sure it was important. And I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, isn't it so true that we can get so busy going to do mission somewhere that we forget to do what Jesus said is, look up, wake up and look up. The mission is right there beside you. And so... Now, I'm sure he had a big meeting today, and I'm sure he had to prepare, and that's likely why he wasn't engaging. And yet here we were at this point, and I didn't need to be connected because of the mission that he was involved in. But I know how I've been at times like that, where I'm so busy doing the things of God's work 
that I miss out in what God wants to do in that moment with the people around me. And the disciples so busy with their food and getting their food and Jesus so caring about the person that the Father is bringing to to him, a woman. When we talk about what is missions, missions is going, I get that, but missions is being about the Father's business. And so you're living in a neighborhood that God has strategically put you there. You're working in a, in a community of people that God has put you there for. You've got family around you that you can't get away from. You're related to them. You, you're, you've got friends that have backgrounds that, that uh, can be crazy. Crazy. You're driving in a commute, commuting with some people that it's all, it's all purple. You're going to school with people you may never see again. And all the time there's these people around you and God is, Jesus is saying to you, wake up. And look up. There's the harvest right there. And so when we talk about uh, the heart for the house and being on mission, this is the normal everyday life all of us are called, invited to do. It's what the Father's business is. Jesus said uh, the, that God loved the world so much he gave his only son. Whoever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And it's to share that hope that's in us in the opportunities that we have. For Jesus, he initiated. First off, he initiated a conversation with somebody who was a Samaritan. Jews did not generally talk to Samaritans in that day, so that was quite a surprise. Secondly, he talked to a Samaritan woman, which was another situation. But Jesus broke the norms and started a conversation with her. Thirdly, he initiated it by asking her for something. He asked her for some water. I, I've, I was listening to Rabbi Lappin talk about this, and he said there's something sociological that happens when you invite somebody to do something for you. He said, don't take advantage of it, but inviting somebody to get you a cup of coffee while they're getting a cup of coffee. And he says, by them doing that for you, they are slowly drawn a little bit more to you because they're helping you out. It's a very fascinating thing. Don't take advantage of it. And no, I'm not getting you coffee later. I, okay. <laughs> or maybe I should. And so there's a purposeful action inviting her in. As she takes it, the conversation begins. And we talk about going on mission. Yeah, it's going to Siberia. Yes, it's, it's praying for our youth. But it's us just living our lives out with the presence and person of Jesus who is in us and just letting his character and his presence just ooze out of our lives let his the fragrance of christ in us become around us that people begin to notice and we can start talking to him about it and so the guy who cuts you off needs the blessing and yes the person who's doing you a difficulty at your job and is causing heartache you need to be praying for them because it's all on purpose and when we detach our spiritual life and our missionary life from our everyday life, that's religion. But when we put it all together, that's just living the everyday Christian life. And I have been caught up going to somewhere to do mission and missing out on the 35 people that the Father wanted me to be about his business with them at the water wells or wherever wherever it may be. 
Bible says in verse 39, the Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of what the woman had said. He told me everything I did. And when they came to see him, they begged him to stay. He stayed about two days. They said, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because what she told us, but what we've heard ourselves. And they believed. Some of us are afraid that we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. Just let and explain to people the faith that you have so they can come to believe like you do. They can believe that Jesus came to die for their sins and they can open their life up to God. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And when they ask you a question you don't know, you say, that's a very good question. Let me find that answer for you sometime, as soon as I can. But not only is it that element of, of believing and seeing the mission, mission wherever we go, but Matthew 6 introduces this other element of not only being about the family business, but this element of the kingdom of God. Don't store up treasures on earth where moth, and eat, uh, moth eat, eats and rust destroys, where thieves break in and steals. Store your treasures in heaven. I like to suggest to you that when you're doing the Father's business, you're storing treasures in heaven by great gobsworth. When you're thinking of saying, I want to be doing the will of God, there's treasures being stored in heaven for you. And you don't need to have an alarm or an alarm company look after it. The Father is very well aware of it. And you're not doing it to earn anything. You're doing it out of just the great joy, just to be part of the work of the kingdom. And when, you, when you're seeking to live in God's kingdom, we believe there is a king, and he has a domain that he lives, that he operates in. And we are part of his domain, so our lives are being guided by the king in his domain. And like I said in August, that great political line one of the candidates in the U.S. is using, either, either we, live in the, we believe in the kingdom or we don't. In his words is, either we have a nation or we don't. There's, meaning there's certain parameters of what a nation operates in. Well, we say either we live in God's kingdom or we don't. The people who don't live in God's kingdom, this is what characterizes their life. They're anxious, they're worried about everyday life. They're worried about their food. They're worried about their drink, verse 25. They're worried if they got enough clothes. And what he introduces here is, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothes? Verse 28, and why you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. God clothes them. Verse 30, if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he most certainly care for you? Why do you not have faith? So don't worry about these things. When you live in the world, the Bible says, Jesus said, you're going to have troubles. Now, as a Christian, you have troubles. But as you live as a Christian, you live with peace. When you live in the world, you just try to navigate the troubles. And anxiety and worry begins to be character qualities of potential of your life. But when you live in the kingdom, you know that someone's caring for you. And you live with peace. That passes understanding. And everyone, I can tell you that everyone that you interact with on a daily basis are looking for that peace. And it's not something you pray for. It's found in a person. The Prince of Peace. And then he says here, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. 
But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry of its own. Worry and anxiety are symptoms of living in a temporary world and not living in the kingdom. Am I worry-free and anxiety-free? I'm not at times. But I'm seeking to live with the king in the kingdom. We're about our father's business. We look up and look around. We desire to let the king to operate through us and not live here for the temporary. But we look to extend peace and the peace, the one who brings peace to people everywhere we go and whatever we can do. So the challenge this morning, an encouragement to you and the invitation is to look for those moments that God is bringing somebody across your path. And wake up and look to them that this, they could possibly be someone that is looking for the Prince of Peace. And that we're on mission every day because it's the Father's business. I think we should care for orphans and widows. I think we should care for people in need. That's just good fruit from living a, a godly life. But when you love souls and their eternity... You're sowing in the kingdom in significant ways. I think we as Christians have grown to love life more than love souls. We want to make life easier for people, and so we should help. But he who wins souls is wise, the Bible says. Because we, we love them and their eternity, what's ahead. So I want to be about mission, and I want to live this week and the people around me and say, could it be that here's somebody that I need to just rub off a little bit on them and let, let my light shine and, and be about my father's business? He's your father too, and I invite you to be part of the business, the family business. I hear he's got a great plan ahead for us. Got a great strategy. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please. The song that we sang earlier, Lord, send me, send me, is actually a, almost like a prayer as we get out of bed in the morning, isn't it? Send me, Lord. Use me. Work with me. Help me, Lord. Enable me. Strengthen me. I think it's one of the devil's strategies if your life is living in such turmoil that it's all about your life. Just trying to survive where God wants you to thrive and he wants to care for you. Let me just say this word. The Father knows your situation that you're in right now and things that are uh, overcoming you, almost like the crashing uh, waves that are trying to sweep over you and pull you back out to the ocean. The Father sees those things 
And he's promised to be with you there and to be a shield and a protector for you. And so this morning, the Father's saying to you, reach out, look look up and reach out. My hand is extended to you and I will pull you out of that that situation. I'll enable you in that situation to get through that. Whatever you're facing, one song said that uh, he will take us out of the angry waves or the waves that were that are rushing around. That's what the Lord is, is, is doing. And he's speaking to someone here very clearly. Someone here is feeling very crushed because of physical ailments. And they're feeling uh, the doctor has given a prognosis that is not very good. And fear is rushing in. So, Father, I pray for that person who has the cancer word has been mentioned. Or, Father, maybe they're here today and they're just facing something that doesn't seem to ever get better. We're praying for healing for them, Father, in Jesus' name. That if you see the sparrows and you know what they're doing, how much more you're seeing what your children are walking through. And so we pray for your healing power. We pray for strength, strength and Father, and strengthening in their lives in Jesus' name. Somebody here, and, and this would just be a very easy bet, you, you're feeling anxious at night you can't even sleep. And uh, I, I know group this large, that can just be a pretty easy statement. But I really feel in my heart there's somebody here is facing that. And, and even you said, I don't know if I can come to church this morning. I haven't had any sleep. I sure hope it's good, he said, because I, I'll fall asleep in church. But Father saw your sleeplessness and wants to strengthen you in the midst of this. And so, Father, I pray for your rest, for your peace, and I pray for strength. I pray for new resolve. I pray, Father, for uh, you to come in almost like the cavalry has arrived. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they'll find that you are more than enough to meet that need. So we pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Just while we're, our heads are bowed, maybe you're here today and you'd say, I, I've never really believed in God. I've never opened my life to him. I came with someone this morning. Before I go this morning, I'd like you to pray for me. I want to receive Jesus Christ in my life this morning. Would you pray for me, Pastor? If you're like that this morning, would you just quickly put up your hand and I want to pray for you right now as well. You're here to say, just pray for me. Just put your hand up. Put it back down again. I can't see very clearly the lights, but the Father sees your situation. But just acknowledge it. That's me. I'm just feeling that. I'm facing that. I want to open my... This is a moment for you. I don't want to push too fast but there's some turmoil and when we talk about the peace that's that's something that has evaded you and so father i pray in jesus name for these five or six or maybe more who today are saying come into my life be my god that today is a moment of belief and a moment of salvation jesus name jesus name I'm going to invite the prayer team if they would come this morning. And a couple things. If you have need of prayer, we've not been talking about uh, uh, some of the other elements. But if you came this morning and said, I'd like someone to pray for me, pray with me. And, and uh, our prayer team will be here. Our pastors will be here. I want to pray for you. If you feel like you've come to faith this morning and you say, I sure want to believe. I sure want to trust God. And you prayed with me. 
You can uh, go to one of our next step tables or come right here and talk to one of our prayer team. They'd love to pray with you. So we're going to take a few moments. Please come up for prayer. And uh, Michael will lead us in the song, and then I'll close up the service in prayer. Lord, send me. Love you and love the poor. We're right here to pray for you. Join us. This is what I'm living for. To live a life on fire. To carry your message here on earth. This is what I'm living for. beside you if you can. We just want to pray for each other as we go from this place. Father, I just pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray that the word fire was used in that song. I pray for Holy Spirit fire to burn in our hearts and lives. I pray that, Lord, there would be something in the sparkle of our eye, something in the uh, in our smile that just says that there's something different. And it's the meaning and presence and person of Jesus Christ in us. So, Father, I pray for those beside me on each side. I pray that you'll go with them in your power and might as they go from this place. Father, that they will be courageous. And the people that you bring across our path, those, uh, those, those women at the well or the man at the, at, on the street, Father, give us the courage to begin to engage with them and see your presence and power flow through them. We thank you today and strengthen us, guide us, and direct us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Give somebody a handshake or a hug. Just love them and bless them. God bless you.